Well, folks, Shaw Jerry Adams Arish, and since our last podcast, lots of things have, I suppose, diminished into some insignificance. For example, Ireland being knocked out of the rugby, even though on the night that that happened, like the rest of you, I was beside myself. And why is this so? Why is it? Because the events in Gaza, in the Middle East, in Israel, cast a black cloud over everything. And like the rest of you, I've been shocked and distressed by these appalling events in the Middle East. And the attacks by Hamas fighters which targeted civilians, that cannot be defended. And Mary Lou MacDonald speaks for all of us when she unreservedly condemned these actions and called for the release of all hostages. The responses of the Israeli regime, if we can call it responses, because of course this didn't start, on October the 7th. That demands equal repudiation and condemnation. The apartheid regime, the Zionist regime, which has inflicted decades of brutality on the Palestinian people and the denial of basic civil and human rights, the expulsion of Palestinians from their homes, the ruthless suppression of everything Palestinian, and the repeated breaches of international law are the backdrop to the current horror that is dominating our news. I have to say I find it difficult to believe that Israeli intelligence agencies did not have some advanced information on the Hamas attacks. Now, I don't want to lead us into a distractions, but operations involving hundreds, perhaps thousands of Hamas personnel are obviously very hard to keep secret. Yet those involved were able to go deep into Israeli territory and return without being challenged in many cases. And if the Israeli authorities did not know of the threat, then that raises many other questions. But if someone did know and allowed it to proceed unchallenged, then that is even worse. It's clear that the Zionists have no interest in a two-state settlement recent developments internationally or otherwise suit this particular agenda. And the international community has much to answer for in this regard. Gaza and its two million inhabitants have been a prison for almost 20 years. Israel steals Palestinian land, water and builds settlements in breach of international law. There is no peace process in the Middle East. There hasn't been for some time. And the international community has turned a blind eye to the ill-treatment of the Palestinian people. And in refusing to challenge Israeli occupation and apartheid law, they have created the context for the current crisis. In addition, Israeli politicians are increasingly and openly speaking of annexing the, Middle ba- the, the West Bank. The demand that one million people evacuate Gaza City suggests that if they successfully occupy Gaza, the Israelis will not leave. 
Gaza is an impoverished, beleaguered society. More than half of its citizens are children. And they are the innocent victims facing the might of military forces armed with the most modern weapons of destruction. For too long, the international community has failed to uphold international law and norms. On the contrary, they have supported the lawbreakers. And who wins out of this? Well, the armaments industry, for one. Two, it allows the USA to maintain, to retain a foothold in the Middle East, in that wider uh, region. And then those within Israel, the Sinus, uh, are able to go about their business without any repudiation whatsoever. Support for an Israeli assault on Gaza is totally wrong. Attempts to make this conditional or qualified, whether that comes from US President Joe Biden or our own Taoiseach or others, it's wrong. There's no military solution. The ongoing Israel assault will not end the conflict. It will simply store up more grievances and more bitterness to feed the current and future conflicts. And the entire region and perhaps wider across the globe will be polarised by all of this. And of course, as in every conflict, the civilians will suffer most. I've often said about the Irish conflict, if we can call it that, about the conflict in our country, that the biggest mistake made by the British government was in 1969 they handed over decisions to the generals who then did what generals do, they militarised the situation. And so it is now in Israel. Militarism is being supported by many of our leaders in the Western world. So what to do about it? There's an onus on the United Nations. That's the lead international authority. Some will argue that it doesn't have much integrity on these issues, but that's work the systems that we have. So it's up to the UN to urgently and immediately table its own peace initiative. As a start, all armed actions by all sides should cease. That should be called upon clearly and unequivocally. I made the case that the only message that President Biden should give in his brief visit to Israel was for all involved to stop the war. Humanitarian aid is also immediately required for those impacted by the events of the last two weeks, but especially in Gaza, where this has been going on for 17 years or so, and where the infrastructure has been devastated. People do have the right to the basics of living. That means water, food, shelter, electricity, and medical treatment. For one state to withhold that, to block that, to impede that, is totally and absolutely wrong. 
and that also should cease. And our leaders should make that clear that that's what they want. And dialogue is required. Dialogue and dialogue. The United States, the European Union, the Organization of African Unity, and countless other international bodies have a responsibility to encourage this, to encourage an end to the war, to encourage ceasefire, and to encourage dialogue. And our government in Dublin has an important international voice in this. Our own history of conflict, our own peace process, and how, how valued and how valuable is that when we see what's happening in other places. So we do have a certain integrity to speak out on these matters. The Irish government, and I appreciate and commend this, has already spoken out publicly against the Israeli regime breaching international law and engaging in collective punishment of the civilian population. But words are not enough. Yes, our government must use its voice loudly and clearly. And President O'Higgins has certainly done that. International law must be applied equally. But the Irish government should go forward, should seek to lead or be part of or join with other governments in a peacemaking initiative. Statements are not enough on their own. Now is the time for Ireland to take the lead. So let's see an Irish initiative to end the war, to start the dialogue, and to bring all of this to a peaceful conclusion. Also during the week I was down in Waterford, down in Port Lariga, in the Dacia, and as it happened, it was just by coincidence, exactly one year after the first People's Assembly on Irish Unity was held in Belfast, the ninth such conference, the ninth such assembly took place in Waterford. And that was held last Thursday, the 12th of October, in the Tower Hotel. And other conversations have taken place in Belfast and Derry on the border at Carrick Carnan and Donegal in Dublin and now in Port Lariga. And there's another one planned in the Galway Gale Talk for the 27th of November. So by the end of this year, the Commission on the Future of Ireland will have conducted 12 of these assemblies. And there have also been online events attracting hundreds of participants and numerous other engagements, private as well as public, with people in different sectors or dealing with dedicated issues. And the Commission on the Future of Ireland was established by the Sinn Féin leadership to undertake a grassroots consultation with the people of Ireland and internationally on the future of our island. And the underlying ethos of this very significant initiative is the new Ireland is for everyone. Have your say. Consequently, the public assemblies or meetings have included engagements with young people, with women, with trade unionists. And an important theme has also been 
reaching out to those from the Unionist or Protestant Loyalist section of our people. The Waterford event was chaired by Liz Reddy and the panel included Catherine Ni Fuelon, John Halligan and Ariel McMorahu. And for two, year, two, two, two hours, the panel and the audience held a fascinating conversation on the future of the island of Ireland. And at the end of the meeting, the Pact Hall unanimously backed a call for the Irish government to organise a citizens' assembly to begin the work of planning for the, the referendum that is part of the Good Friday Agreement. The contributions during the discussion ranged across the adverse impact of a partition on Waterford and the southern economy. And I thought that was very significant. We, we rarely hear that view expressed, mostly and understandably perhaps, the issue of Irish unity is dominated by the North. But here was articulated a view that Waterford was disadvantaged by partition and that a united Ireland would be good for people down in the southeast. There were arguments and advantages articulated about building a single all-island public health service funded by direct taxation. The damage done by Brexit was explored. The need to engage with Protestant Unionist people and the imperative of creating a new Ireland that we have a chance to rewrite the future. Not many people have that. So a new Ireland that embraces everyone on the basis of equality and respect was one of the points put forward. It's also pointed out in recent years that there has been significant growth in north-south trade and that this underpins the enormous economic potential that can be generated by unity. Thus far, the Fianna Fáil Fine Gael Green Government has resisted any arguments in favour of a citizens' assembly. And incidentally, invitations are sent to all local politicians, north and south, including to Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, Green uh, and all the other parties and the independents. And rarely, in fact, none of the main parties, if I can call them that, have sent or have had their representatives in attendance. But, you know, the reason why they're against a citizens' assembly is they don't want to be challenging the British government. And also, and perhaps equally important, they want to maintain the southern status quo that has benefited Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael for almost a century. And that's not acceptable. And that's why there was such uh, a turnout in Waterford and why the arguments were put and debated and discussed. And it's all an expression of a growing demand for constitutional change. So well done to everybody from the local TD right through to all of those who turned up and who organised things on the, the night. Sinn Féin's very keen to hear the views of as many citizens as possible on this issue and on other issues, but particularly 
in terms of the People's Assemblies to hear as many views as possible on the future of Ireland. And you can make submissions to the Commission online at commission at sinnfein.ie or through the web page www.sinnfein.ie forward slash future of Ireland. So be part of the conversation. Taras Jock August Beagie Lynn. Finally, I spent last Saturday in Moor Street and it was a great day out. The Moor Street 1916 Women's Tour organised by the Moor Street Preservation Trust was a great success. It was hosted by renowned singer and actress Amelda May and it was narrated by Liz Gillis and Honor O'Brillahan. And everyone on the tour learned a lot, including this podcaster. A huge crowd gathered at the GPO in Dublin before we made our way through the laneways of history. And by our presence, and as we learned more and more as we walked along Moor Street and its back lanes, we said yes loudly and clearly to a regenerated 1916 cultural quarter to celebrate and enhance this national monument site. And we said no to a developer's plan to destroy it. So well done to everyone involved, to the stewards, to the organisers, particularly to Amelda May, Liz Gillis and Honor O'Brillahan. Goramila Mila Moy Ogov Goliar. So Shin Shin, Shin Mamej and Shakhtan Shaw, so Gunyuri and Talat, again, best wishes to the people in Gaza as we sit here in Ireland enjoying our peace. Think of the poor souls there. Slan Levakarja, keep the faith, Gunyuri and Ta, Levsha.